Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Today I'm joined by Dan Wright and we're going to answer some questions from our monthly members webinar. Dan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? Good, thank you. Very good. Good, Good. okay. Uh, Today's question comes from Alan uh, and Alan's question says, in your experience, what are the differences, pros and cons of the whole part whole methodology? USA Coach Education is moving away uh, from simple to complex, is this good or bad? So, um, should we start with talking about whole part whole and, and what perhaps our understanding is of whole part whole? Because it might be different between you and I, and it might be different to perhaps some of the, the American viewers and listeners. So, what's your interpretation of whole part whole? For me, whole part whole is going from uh, a really game like situation, like a real, like, like lots, lots of realism, if you like. So, it's dynamic, changing spaces people moving, ball moving, uh, and it can just be like a game with, with two goals. But for me, it could be like a 3v3, anything up to 11v11. Um, so I think if, it, if it's game-like and it represents uh, opportunities to pass or it has affordances that are available in, in the game, um, that would be the whole. And then the part is any way that you can kind of like... Um, constrain that or, or strip it back to really focus on certain opportunities for, for football interactions, whether that be like it's, it's around a certain opportunity to dribble or, or the relationship between two players in a 2v1 maybe. Um, okay. Yeah, what in, about you? Yeah, in, in your head, are the, are the, the starting point and the end point always the same? Is the, do the two holes look the same or do you start with a 3v3? strip it back and then go back to the 3v3 or would you go to maybe finish with something bigger or is there do you have like a set approach in your head around that uh no i think there's benefits to doing both and probably i'm probably changing it up from time to time as well Uh, i think it it really depends um on the on the group and the type of session and what you're working with because i think if you're gonna uh explicitly talk about what uh, what might be worked on or what might be improved, then then maybe going back into exactly the same scenario, like if it's a 4v4 at the start, you go back into a 4v4 and you see if you can apply what you did in the, um, in the stripped down version or in, yeah. in the part. Uh, but if you're working more on um, principles and challenges, uh, then maybe it doesn't have to be exactly the same setting for people. Yeah, I think, um, and you might challenge my language here, but I, I, I think about pictures. So in the whole, at the beginning, the, the pictures I've got might be um, really broad and really, really random. So I could pass, I could triple, I could shoot. It's it's a game-like scenario. When we go into the part, those pictures are sort of, they're less 
So there's less decision making and the decision making is more focused around maybe one or two activities. Um, so if it was, um, let's say, dribbling. So in the hole, I'd have to recognize the space to dribble, when and where to dribble. Can I beat this guy in a 1v1? In a part, it might be slightly more artificial and there might be loads of opportunity to dribble or a 2v1 and, and I've got to recognize when to dribble. And then when you go back to the hole, it would be, um, okay, you choose when's right, when, when is right and when's wrong to dribble. That, that's kind of how it works in my head, moving through those pictures and moving up and down through the, that decision making for the player. But I definitely agree with the hole at the beginning and the hole at the end doesn't always look the same. It might do and the, the benefits of doing that, but I wouldn't always have a 7v7 apart and then a 7v7, I might have a 3v3 or even the other way around. I don't think there's, uh, don't think there's rules to it. In the, um, the second part of the question, Alan talks about moving away from simple to complex. Now, I don't have a massive understanding of the the, U, the USA coach education pathway, but um, moving away from simple to complex sounds like a, a good thing from my perspective. What are your thoughts? I think if it's about the complexity of the environment and the information, and and then then definitely, I think I think that's a it's a good thing. I think recognizing that skills got to be adaptable, and therefore we need players to be in like into in changing environments um i think that's yeah that's that's very good i think even on a broader scale like if we're talking about simple to complex a lot of people suggest that it's moving away from an interpretation of like that we can predict and control human behavior towards one whereby we're recognizing that it's an emergent feature of our interactions with our environment so on that level, I think that's a much more realistic picture to understand football or, or a better point of departure to go and understand football. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we don't have a, I don't have a massive understanding of what the pathway looked like before, but I think no. if you think of a football point of view, that for me, the best players are the best decision makers or the, or the best, best learners. And so to make those decisions, I've got to be put in an environment where it looks like the game as much as possible. Now, that doesn't mean, like we've touched on before, that doesn't mean dumping them into a game and just, you know, playing two touch and okay, off it goes. But putting them in complex situations where they have to read the information around them and then they choose, okay, which information is useful and I can build and become more resourceful and, and, and build pictures that will help me in the game and which information to ignore and that doesn't help them. And that that that's probably... Um, in, in terms of like the, the PDP message, putting them into those sort of practices, we've, we've been advocates for a long time. And I think, uh, you know, any, anything that involves them making more decisions and more more complex, I would say, looks more like the game, which I think it's got to be a positive thing. Yeah, I think the other recognition when you look at the whole part whole and then moving towards something that's more complex is it's like, I think it's an appreciation of like a more holistic approach. So uh, fundamentally, it's an, an appreciation of like, the idea of football interactions. It's a recognition of the importance of the environment. It's a recognition that like, your training session should look like football. Um, and so really, it's just kind of moving away from coaching sessions involving isolated practice. We've talked about this before. I think there's a time and a place for isolated practice, but I don't think it's during a coaching session. And uh, necessarily, I think that's something players can go and do uh, by themselves when they're interested in working on a particular skill. Um, so I suppose moving away from simple towards complex to me would be moving away from more like standing between cones and passing towards 4v4s with constraints. 
Um, and I'd suggest, I mean, again, just from reading the question, it's hard to know, but the whole part whole would work well um, with that idea as well around, you know, starting with a 4v4, working on something really specific that you'd like to see happening in the 4v4 and then going back into it. Yeah, I think um, it also worth be talking about briefly. There's no sort of silver bullet here, is there? It's not saying that whole part whole is the best thing and that's all we should be doing. Um, we've discussed before about session planning and I think you've got to have some flexibility in that and, it, and it's around um, what you've planned and then it's a, around what, what turns up in front of you. If you planned a session for 12 kids and then only nine turn up, you shouldn't just ram the session plan you know, down their throats because that's what you scribbled down. Um, and I think I think that's kind of maybe where uh, coach education's got a challenge because you, to, to, to have that skill as a coach of, of planning a certain theme or principle and then you know what emerges in front of you is, is is completely different whether that's the the number of players whether it's the space available whether it's the players can't do the activity or you know if you if you're working on a topic and the kids can't defend then then at times you have to talk about defending you know you to to help them understand the realism of dribbling or passing through spaces if the defending's horrific then, then you need to do that um do you want to give us some insight into your sort of planning procedure i know it's something <laughs> you mentioned before but it might be something i think i've evolved over the, the coach my coaching experience of how I used to plan and, and kind of how I plan now and how yeah. um, more more comfortable I've got with the kind of the chaos and and um, what's going to happen on, on Tuesday night rather than I'm going to dictate everything that's going to happen on Tuesday night well it's it's very difficult not to ram the session down the players throats when it's taking you three hours to do a session plan <laughs> yeah so that would that that would that would surmise my experience as a younger coach anyway um, I, I found there was a lot of emphasis on planning in like the early coach education that I did. Um, and then I would spend time planning a session and then I'd get to the pitch and ultimately one thing would lead to another and you couldn't do the exact plan that you had in front of. And I found that extremely frustrating. Um, and, and almost you'd stress around the whole session, just trying to like, trying to like, yeah, like it can probe, make you anxious, probe. can't you? Yeah, it can, it can make, make you anxious. anxious. So like, we've got to get to part two. Yeah. Why haven't you done part one yet? Exactly. And you crowbar the players into the session, even though it's not appropriate at all. So I think if whole part whole is, is a recognition of that as well, I think it's brilliant. So now my planning process is much more around a moment in the game that I'd like to see or an opportunity or an affordance that I'd like to, I'd like to see emerge within the session. So having a space, for example like a pocket for players to receive uh, on back foot or, or be in a situation whereby they can play um, and they can be they can be facing like they can be facing forward and learn to play and receive in a way that they're facing forward. I know I need to have kind of two lines if you like. Um, and I know that in a four V four, when they play there's generally a pocket of space in the middle. Um, and I know that I can kind of like replicate that if I have jokers at either end and a three V three in the middle or and I can talk about, you know, one player pressuring in one area and others having to hold off in another. So I know that I can amp up um, how quickly that time and space in that pocket changes for players. And I can kind of dial it down um, using like, pulling people around and, and manipulating the session. So <clears throat> I think then that that makes the before planning like quite short and simple and around concepts. And then the observation at the start, really, really crucial. Um, and for example, with whole part whole, when you 
are doing the whole bit, you're looking to see if like what that what the challenge is. So what are they doing well? What might they need to work on? And you've probably got an idea in the back of your mind about what the part bit might look like. But if in the whole that is different, then ideally to be player centered in what you're doing, then the part that you then do could be completely different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so if you were doing um receiving on the back foot or receiving in a pocket space or, or breaking lines, whatever kind of terminology you want to use. If in the whole they were really struggling to do that, then the part, you might split the group into two. And so those pictures would be really clear. It might be, you know, um, a 4v2 rather than a, an 8v8 in mm. that part. So that's the skill of the coach of, of letting the players, um, the players, the syllabus, right? If we're player-centered and we're, and we're delivering stuff that the players need, then our part, in theory, should be linked to the whole. So the whole yeah. is going to, what emerges in the whole will drive maybe what our part looks like. Yeah, so here maybe an example could be like that you've, you feel like getting width is, is, is something that the team needs to understand. They need to be aware of wide spaces. Um, and then you put them in the, in the, the hole uh, at the start, you put them in a game, uh, and you see that actually, well, we're actually really, we're taking width and we're, ma we're making width, we're aware of the wide spaces, we're utilizing it. But actually what's not happening is that when we're wide, we're not actually in a position to then receive uh, back foot. And as you mentioned before, like break into the next line. So we actually need to, we actually need to a little bit of repetition uh, around that. So your part then changes from a part that was really about holding width and moving the ball from side to side to a part that now is about um, the, the key moment you want to see is the ball arriving to the back foot and then taking uh, a back foot touch quickly into the space and breaking the line. Um, so I suppose when you know, I suppose when you know where where the game's going and what the next step might be, then it's it's quite it's easier then to go into the session. A little bit more relaxed, observe and go. Well, what do they need here? Um, and I suppose that's really the art of coaching: to be able to observe a group of players, watch the pattern of play as a team, observe them as individuals, and go. Oh well, if we improve these individual things, then suddenly this aspect of team play is going to move to the next level as well. So yeah. it's like the way I like to think about that now um, is that the the system. Uh, has got to a certain level it's 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 organized to a certain level and the next step is the system the next pattern is around okay can we move to this part of the pitch and can we do this in this moment mm. i mean there's there's lots of sort of consistent messages isn't there when we do these q a's i think the ones that are, that are shouting out in this one is that the player is the syllabus and the player tells tells the coach what what he needs and maybe not verbally but the, you know we're gonna we're gonna learn through through um, what, the, what the players' demands are, yeah. I think moving up and down that that patch of, that practice spectrum of you know how how random and how complex it is versus how simple and um, and, and maybe you know simpler pictures, I think is another another key message. And then maybe the, the last one would be how you move up and down um, up and down that, that spectrum, you know, week to week, session to session, month to month, because yeah. we shouldn't always live in in one element of that of that practice spectrum. In terms of content, there's, there's loads of good stuff on the website. There's a really good blog by uh, Sportacus about poles apart, 
which which touches on a few of the things we mentioned here. There's a really good magazine article by John D'Souza, who's the academy manager at Colchester, uh, talking about um, designing sessions or, or the individual approach that they take there. There's your blog around uh, simplicity versus complexity, which I think is is kind of uh, you know a lot of the messages that we've touched on here. And then, as always, there's loads and loads of sessions in the session plan library by uh, by Dave Wright. So I think um, we've probably rambled on quite a lot there, Jimmy, but but hopefully loads and loads of ideas for coaches to take away. And uh, if anybody else has got more information around the, the coach education pathway in the USA, it'd be good to kind of get a bit more of an understanding of exactly what that question meant, because I think it would be a good education for us. Yep, definitely. Cool. Thanks, Jimmy. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.